Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. Wow, what an intense summer this is proving to be. I am so fortunate that I'm going to be celebrating my daughter's wedding in just another week and a half. Plus, I'm in the middle of planning everything high holidays at the show. The late summer just gets so busy, and then after the high holidays is usually a time that I check out different time management systems. A couple years ago, I got into something called GTD, the Getting Things Done system. Then last year, I read an online book about how to better manage my email inbox. I've gotten a lot out of these systems, but let me be honest. No matter how much I figure out how to get done, other things creep in. If I become more productive, there's more to produce. Now, for sure, this is part of our modern world where we have high expectations for ourselves. We expect to reach our later years both financially prepared and in good health. We expect to have a work-life balance and to achieve a lot in our career where we also want to find meaning. And of course, our work and hobby pursuits are available to us 24-7 via our smartphones. We've begun the month of Elul. So as Jews, it's a time when the pressure is going to get more intense. Pretty soon, we're going to be waking up and going to Slichos or preparing for Yuntif and taking days off from work. And all of this is happening at a time that we're thinking about setting new goals in our Jewish growth. But let's be honest, is it really possible for us to do more? In today's Torah Journey podcast, I want to address this challenge in our lives. No matter how productive we are, there's an endless amount to produce, and that can lead to a feeling of despair. How can we approach our most valuable resource, our time, in a way that enables us to feel good about what we are and are not doing? Can the month of Elul really be about doing more? if our time is already tapped? Now, as it turns out, our Parsha, Shoftim, offers a fascinating insight into the spiritual makeup of a human being. This insight will go a long way in helping us appreciate what we're looking to accomplish in the days of Elul and Tishrei. If you're benefiting from the Torah Journey podcast and would like to support our work, my congregation, Kasser Israel, is commissioning the writing of a new Sefer Torah. You can support us at any level in this historic project, as we bring a new, beautiful Torah into our community. To donate or to learn more, visit us at www.safertorahpdx.com. That's www.safertorahpdx.com. The Torah addresses the issue of making a siege against a warring city. We're warned against cutting down the fruit trees. The Torah says, Lo Now these Hebrew words are not easy to translate. Rashi renders the verse, Do not destroy its trees, for from it you will eat, and you shall not cut it down. Is the tree of a field a human, that it should enter the seeds before you? According to Rashi, the Torah is making a rhetorical statement. Don't include the tree in the siege by cutting it down. Is it a human being that you should go to war against it? 
But the Ibn Ezra renders the words in a more literal sense. You shall not cut it down, for a man is the tree of the field, that it should come before you in a siege. According to the Ibn Ezra, the Torah is making a statement that the fruit tree is tantamount to a human being. Don't cut down something which is human life by virtue of giving people food. Now, these are fascinating translations. It's obviously a hard verse to translate. That's why the commentaries are grappling with it. But it seems strange. The Torah must have had other options in expressing this idea of not including fruit trees in the siege. Why did the Torah need to talk about human life? The Torah could have easily said either, don't cut down trees, they are not part of the siege, or don't cut down the trees because they provide food. It seems like the Torah wanted to get us to this idea about the tree being a man or not being a man. It seems intentional that the verse placed this idea of human life on the one hand and the tree on the other together. According to the Ibn Ezra, the verse is making an outright comparison between human and tree. But even according to Rashi, there's an implication that we humans are like the tree. According to his translation, the Torah is interjecting, as it were, and letting us know that a person is not a tree. Who would have thought that the tree is a person? It must have been that without this verse, we would have mistakenly thought that a tree and a human are synonymous. The Maharal explains that the connection between the tree and human is a deep Torah theme. What is that connection? Both a man and a tree are plantings. They are both matters that have an above-the-surface expression that grows from a below-the-system roots. A tree sprouts above the ground, but it grows from its underground roots. And a human being, too, sprouts in this world, but grows from its roots, the neshama, the soul. The Maharal refers to a human as an inverse tree. Ki adam ilan hafuchu. For a man is an inverse tree, he says. For the tree has roots planted below on earth, but a man has roots above. For his soul is his root, and that comes from the Shemayim, from the heavens. If the tree is planted in the ground sprouting on earth, the man is planted in heaven also sprouting downward into this world. The idea is that a human being comes from a higher realm. On a personal note, I can relate to this, having learned from some people who truly seemed rooted in a higher world. Rav Moshe Torsky, my famed Rebbe, was a great example of this. He was, of course, so human in every way for those of us who knew him before he was murdered. And yet, when you were in his presence watching him do just about anything, you felt that connection to something higher. It was so intense to learn from him in the small Otsar Sfarim, the library, where he taught us Gemara at Taurus Moshe. You could see his eyes light up as he explained a Tosfos commentary on the Talmud. At the same time, I remember seeing him do the little things, like watching him make a bracha on a lousy cup of Israeli instant coffee before the shir or before the lecture. In those moments, you felt how real his connection was and how much of a bracha he saw in that lousy cup of coffee. When we think about a man being rooted in the upper realms, this is what it means to me. Still, a tree is a beautiful image, but what does it actually mean in a practical level for us? The Maharal continues by pointing to a mission in Pirkei Avos 
to support the idea that a man is like a tree. The Mishnah is based on the first chapter of Tehillim. The Mishnah states that a person person whose wisdom is greater than their deeds is like a tree whose branches are heavier than its roots and will be toppled by the wind quite easily. On the other hand, a person whose deeds are greater than their wisdom is like a tree whose roots are strong. All the winds of the world cannot knock them over. Now here's an interesting development, because on the one hand, there is that comparison again between a human life and a tree. But hold on a second. A moment ago, we said that our roots are in heaven above. From the Mishnah in Pirkei it sounds like our roots are our deeds. Which is it? Is our roots our soul above? Or is it our actions in this world? And the meaning of this is, well, both, because in a sense, we have two parts of our root system. The root place we grow from is the heavens, the Shemayim. That is where our soul emanates from. The source that we come from is the soul above that God created, expressed in the body in this world. But how do we live in this world? How do we get rooted in this world to live in a good way? The winds of change are constant, blowing people every which way with the latest trends and passing ideas. And the answer is that while we must acquire wisdom, even our wisdom is not enough to ground us. We need to have good deeds. These actions we perform are the basis of our spiritual life in this world. Actions root us in great ideas. For example, we might have the wisdom of appreciating God through time, but as long as that remains just a concept, we can't really experience it. In the Torah, there's a mitzvah called Zachor Es Yom HaShabbos, remember the Sabbath day. We sanctify that period of 24 hours each week, starting with making Kiddush over a cup of wine as the sun sets on a Friday night. We give the most concrete worldly expression to our deepest spiritual ideals and ideas. As we consider this, we realize something more important about our lives. It's not so much about how much we accomplish. We're all finite beings, and we need to come to terms with that. We can seek to do, to do more, to be more productive, but there's a point at which we cannot get more done. But as people of the Torah, more than we achieve a certain quantity, there's a quality that we seek. That quality is found in actions, small actions, that root us in something deeper. It's about being present in the moments we have and living them to their potential. I recall one day in our Gemara year with Rav Torsky and Yerushalayim, he talked about how as you go through your day, the brachas, the blessings you make, are a source of, of ruach, of spirit, dripping into your life. He said that when you make a bracha, whether on a piece of food or a sher yatzer upon relieving yourself, you have an opportunity you are allowing that ruach, that spirit, to drip into your life with little drips, drip, drip, drip. It's one thing to take an intellectual position, I believe in God. It's another thing to express that in your life by enunciating the words of a bracha, thanking the Almighty for a savory piece of fruit. These are small actions we take. And when we take those actions, we're expressing something. Tshuva and Elul is not about sweeping change, but it's about the subtleties and the quality of our time. The Talmud teaches us the sages were personally involved 
in the actions of Shabbat preparations, even if there were plenty of people around to help. The Talmud states that Rav Safra would personally roast the head of an animal, and Rava would personally salt the fish before Shabbos. I think about that a lot on Friday afternoons when I rush home from the shul. I often come home and I make the cholent and set the table, and I love putting out that piping hot cholent at the suit on Shabbos afternoon. But when I'm slicing the potatoes and the onions on Friday, it's much more than just making stew. It's really about a small action that's lifting up time that comes with a deeper purpose, mundane as it is. So while our lives emanate from our roots in Shemayim and heaven, our spiritual lives take root through the actions that make up the moments of our life. It's hard to think of something as intense as modern life. We're so fortunate to have modern medicine, vaccines, technology, and travel. But all of these things come at a cost. We are busier than ever. We don't just sit around the campfire at night. We work on our laptops and our cell phones, or at least we see the work sitting right in front of us. This is the environment we are coming to in Elul 5781. And in this world, it might be hard to think about doing more. And so instead, we can consider thinking differently about ourselves. A human being is a tree, an inverse tree, that is, rooted in the heavens. We need to resist the, this idea that we can do it all. We are finite and limited beings. Instead, we can seek a certain quality and focus in our actions that gets to the heart of who we are. Over the past two years, I've been reading Nachyomi, a daily chapter on Tanakh. It's a short daily study of about 15 minutes where you get to know a lot of Tanakh over time. It's not something that's going to make you a scholar overnight. But each night as I read the chapter, tired, on my phone, I'm connecting to who I really am, even if for only a few brief moments of time. In those moments, I feel something, something like tshuva. And that's something we all can achieve. And so this Elo, allow yourself to be finite. Take good care of yourself. Go out and find those small actions and intentions that connect you to your true roots as a human being. These actions will help you bear fruit during the Yamimah no Ra'im, the days of awe. They will root you in your creator. And as you build your system of roots, you too will become like that tree which all the winds of the world cannot topple. It's been great to connect with you. My Twitter handle is Rabbi Ken Brodkin. Feel free to follow and direct message me with any questions or feedback. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast. <laughs>